welcome to another edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast for 24-7 Sports. I'm Bobby Darren. Uh, we're here with the Signing Day special podcast. Actually, it's the early signing period, but we call it Signing Day now. It's kind of taken over National Signing Day. Big day at 24-7 Sports. Big day for Rutgers. Um, big day for the class of 2022. And to kind of help sort everything out, I'm bringing in the one, the only, the recruiting guru extraordinaire from North Jersey, uh, Sean Brown. How you doing, Sean? Bobby, what's going on, man? It's it's always a pleasure, man. It's uh, you know, I, I guess my Super Bowl, you know, I, I guess you know, but it's uh, it's fun to see uh these recruits you've been following for a year, two years, three years, you know, kind of culminate their high school football careers with with you know finding their new homes. Yeah, and it's official now. There's no more flips. There's no more, uh, you know, maybe this guy will visit here or this guy will visit there. When you sign on that dotted line, you know, you're committed. You're part of the program, and, and Rutgers is bringing in um, a lot of early enrollees, too. I mean, a lot of these guys are signing, and they'll be on campus next month in January. Um, sure, do you see that trend? I, I mean, you know, we've seen the changes over the years in recruiting. Uh, are you favor for that? Are you in, in favor of that trend, uh, you know, bringing these kids in January? January? I mean, you know, I, I, I get it, right? Um, because if your goal is to get on the field as soon as possible, getting that that extra semester, you know, getting that, you know, acclimation, you know, being with the team through the spring before the summer camp, you know, it, it's definitely a, a benefit. I mean, I, you know, then I, I get the side, you know, you, you miss that last semester of high school with your friends, you know, maybe you get back for prom, maybe you get back for graduation. Um, you know, it, it's, it's hard. And I'm, you know, we both have young kids and, you know, maybe they will be great athletes. That's the decision we have to make in the future. Um, I see, I see both sides of it, but if these kids see like a business and they're like, Hey, I, I want to, in college football, that level is a business. It's like, you know, I want to get in the field as soon as possible. Then, you know, you, you do what you got to do to do that. Right. And, and, you know, it's it's starting to become, you know, it's not like, wow, they're early enrolling. It's it's almost expected with some of these kids. But, um, you know, Rutgers has a, a unique blend of, of, of guys in this class. And, and I don't think I've ever seen a class as top heavy with offensive linemen in all the years that we've been doing this seven in the class. And and they're still going after guys in the transfer portal. Sean, what, what do you think of this offensive line crew? And, and, and you know, these guys that they're signing, uh, can they really come in and change things? Because because, you know, as we've seen, the line of scrimmage is an issue. Yeah, you know, um, it, I'm sure I've said it many times, you know, the, the theme in the program, the unofficial theme recruiting-wise is, is big people beat up little people. Um, you know, so they're, they're getting guys with with height, with length, you know. I mean, still some size to put on. I don't think there's anyone that you would expect to play immediately in this mm-hmm. class. Uh, but, you know, they're getting a lot of just bigger guys um, than what the previous regime was recruiting, uh, you know previous offensive line, you know, under Ash and the way they were recruiting. They were taking some long, taller guys, maybe leaner, um, mm-hmm. that need to be built up over time and, and build that strength versus they're bringing in guys with bigger bodies now, um, you know, that may have the the ideal strength they want coming into the program, um, you know, and be able to to push people around up front. I mean, you know, every every league, right? But, but the Big Ten, uh, especially, you, you got to win up front um, in the trenches. So, um, you know, they're getting guys, they're getting bodies uh, that, that can do that. Um, and, you know, obviously offensive line, it's, you know, it's hard to hit, right? The, these guys are, are, are big people that take longer to grow into their bodies. Uh, it, it takes time to, to be able to grow and adapt and 
have that coordination, you know, so they're, they're bringing in a lot of guys in this class, which is saying, hey, you know, we, you know, the answer is in there, obviously. Um, it's going to take a couple of years, but they're going to build these guys together, uh, build that cohesiveness in hopes of, of getting some contributions, you know, maybe one or two years down the road from the group. Yeah, and, you know, headlining a group, uh, Jacob Allen, you know, four-star uh, Army All-American, you know, he, he's kind of the, the, the highest recruit, highest ranked recruit of the bunch, but you, you got some big guys in there. I mean, you know, you, you look at Kobe Asamoah, and it's just a massive human being. Yep. I mean, Joe DeCroce, I know he's hurt, but that guy looks like an NFL offensive lineman. And, you know, I was at the um, the Rutgers football banquet uh, on Sunday night, and I was looking, at, you know, you see Holland Pierce walk by, and you go, wow, that's a – that's an offensive lineman, and they don't have a ton of those guys. You know, there wasn't guys walking around that were like, wow, you know, towering like that. And and, and I think that was really the goal to bring in those guys. You know, Nelson Monegro still got a ways to go in development, but you can see how big he is. Just, you know, they're bringing in these massive guys. And, and I think the hope is, you know, it, look, if you bring in seven, if half of them work out, you know, you're doing pretty well. No, most definitely. Um, you know, bring a lot of big bodies, like you said. You know, with with larger numbers, um, you should get some return on that group uh, as well. And, you know, like I said, just just big, massive guys that when you see them, you're like, whoa, these are some big kids. And just imagine mm-hmm. they're 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 a shell of what they're going to be um, in a year or two. And then, you know, you talk about Kobe. He's probably you know, he's not as tall as most of the other guys. But in terms of like overall girth and just like massiveness. I, I remember seeing him in the summer when they were there that um, weekend for the uh, Rutgers seven on seven. And I think he was around like three thirty. he said, but it, it was so well put together. His, his three mm-hmm. thirty. it was not sloppy at all, you know? Um, right. It, it, you know, so it's, they're getting some, some big, powerful kids saying that about these, these big humans, these big, powerful yeah. kids that, um, Jay Butler, you know, a former offensive lineman himself, I'm, I'm sure is salivating on what he's going to do when they when they put them through the rigors and the strength and conditioning program to get those guys together. Yeah, you know, and and uh, th- th- you got some some big guys and then some guys you got to you got to shed somebody. A guy like Amir Stanet, I know you saw him. Now six five three eighty is that, I mean is that legit? That six five, Sean. I think he's probably a little bit smaller. I would say mm-hmm. closer to, to six four, you know. Okay. Um, and that that three, you know. So when I saw him in the summer, Amir, you know, he of the guys in the class, he's probably the the least talkative of the group, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I remember um, talking to his teammates, like, yeah, you know, Big Mary ain't gonna say nothing in the interview <laughs> about that, but you know, he was like, yeah, I don't even know how much I weigh. I just know I'm losing weight, <laughs> you know. So he, <laughs> you know, so it, even when I saw some of the clips of their game last weekend, they played in the state final in their section of Philly. He did look a little slimmer, even from um, when I saw him in in, in what early September in the mm-hmm. preseason, you know. Uh, but he's a guy that you know you, you see the size and you're kind of like, wow, that's that's a big kid. But he at that weight. You you see why Rutgers took a chance on him because he he moves pretty well. He plays right tackle for Imhotep. You know they mm-hmm. they have some really good defensive linemen that he practices against every day. They play pretty good competition um, in their in their division, uh, more so in the playoff sense in in in, in a PA. You know, but you see he he moves pretty well in space. I don't know. I don't think he's an outside guy. Um, you know when when they cut him down, but you you see why at his current size why Rutgers moved on him. Um, they've had its success, you know, we, we talked a lot about Zaire Angoy because he put some weight on for he came into school and I think he enrolled around 360. I've, I've heard he's close to 300 pounds now. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they feel confident that 
getting a guy like this, you know, a piece of clay, they'll they'll put him in the weight room, they'll give him the nutrition plan, and you know, he'll he'll be 315, 330 next year and, and, and moving around much better than he does right now. Yeah, I, you know, and and like I mentioned with Holland Pierce, that that kind of I think kind of springboarded this this trend because they brought him in as a he was a walk on, you know, four hundred pounds close to, and, and you know they really tr- trimmed him down and and he's a starting uh, tackle for them. So uh, I think that probably you know said, hey, look, we did it with him, we can do it with these other guys. Well, I mean, we'll see if it happens, but um, you know, I I don't want to spend the whole time on the O line. We probably could, you know, going through each guy, but you know, Sean, looking at some of these positions, um, I. I I have to think that they've really scored big at linebacker two four stars in Moses Walker and Anthony Johnson, um, you know, big time players, big time offers. Um, you just saw Moses play recently. What, what's uh, what's your take on him? What's Rutgers getting in him? And he's an early enrollee guy, too. Yeah. You know, he's man. I, if I had to rank the kids in the class in terms of most talkative to least talkative, you know, mm-hmm. I would say Amir as in least talkative and then Moses after him immediately. But Moses is a kid like, Hey, he's not, he's not flashy. Like he's kind of, he's quiet. He's soft spoken, you know, but uh, he just wants to play ball. He he just wants to play ball. And, you know, in Rasmus Hall, um, you know, great team in New York City, great program with Danny Landenberg and that crew coach Mouse. Um, you know, they, they, it's very similar where they got a great defensive line, they free him up to just play downhill and and really bring the noise on guys. And I, for those that follow me on Twitter, um, I tweeted some clips when I saw them play in the uh, city semifinals against Canarsie a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, he's a kid. He he sees a gap and he gets downhill quickly. Um, and he plays. He doesn't. He you know maybe he's just so cerebral. He knows the game well. You can see as the middle linebacker there. He you know he's aligning his defensive linemen. He's aligning the other linebackers in coverage. You know so he knows the defense. Uh, but he he doesn't think when he sees a gap, um, when he sees that lane, he he hits he hits that window and he comes with with bad intentions. Um, and you know, really physical kid. Um, you know, he's at least I think worst case scenario can be an impact guy on special teams for for Rutgers relatively quickly because you know linebackers are are great for specials because you you know you got the the size and the speed and the physicality to to play in a lot of different of the special teams you know so mm-hmm. I, I think that's a worst case scenario for him but with him enrolling early you know he, he's got that mindset of just like hey i just want to contribute and help as best as i can and you know you look at the erasmus hall kids um those guys go to college and and they contribute and they do well and he he referred a lot to seeing what Christian Izzian has done and 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 Kess Abraham uh, this past year, especially with those guys going to Rutgers and, and being developed. So, you know, mm-hmm. he's got a chance to to contribute early. You know, Anthony Johnson's a, another big body guy. Where um, another guy that that I, I always hear Albie Crosby talk about the times he's, he's hit people. It sounds like a gunshot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's a, he's a big boy. When you see him too. You walk him on like wow. Like I would, I would hate to see this kid in the hole by myself. Um, mm-hmm. But he, he has that body type. There's some position versatility. If he gets too big, maybe move him down a level. Um, he can possibly get out to the passer for you as well. But he looks like a true um, Mike. Um, still kind of working on being a three down guy. But mm-hmm. you know, for those traditional rundowns, he's someone that can probably help right away. Uh, you talk about the Big Ten that size up front. He has that size and physicality to definitely uh, help in the middle of defense. 
Yeah, you know, the first time I saw Anthony was a, was a true freshman at, at Newman Goretti, and, and he was just blowing people up then. You know, it, it was like, wow, you know, this this kid is a, this kid's something special. I didn't think Rutgers had a shot then. <laughs> they didn't have Shihano there uh, at the time, too. But, uh, you know, it was, uh, that was, that was during that other, what was his name? Chris Ash, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, but you know, from 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 the beginning, he's just just a tough, hard nosed football player, and they really scored big. I think with with the um, with the uh, linebackers there, just just really, you know, a, a nice couple of guys. You know, um, uh, their game is is just really really nice. Uh, no other way to to really say it. But um, you know, jump and chip. I'm going to go down here and uh, just look at it in the order that we have them on the on the site. Um, you know, jumping back to offense real quick, Sam Brown, only one running back in the class, Sean, didn't go after Jalen Berger when he hit the portal. Um, Sam Brown was their guy. Um, they got him. They stayed on him. You know, and they didn't really look for anybody else. Uh, I, I know you've seen him, too. What's what's uh, Rutgers getting in him? You know, he, he's a really versatile back. Um, you know, so I, I saw them in the uh, the uh, Philly Catholic League final uh, for the 6A group against St. Joe's Prep. Um, so LaSalle got St. Joe's prep um, early in the year and Sam had a big game, you know, it was a little different this time. You know, he, he kind of was everything what the offense went through uh, and they were able to, to just really get after the passer and not see him contribute. But, you know, you talk about he's a really big kid with a big frame, you know, he probably could hold about two fifteen pretty easily. Um, you know, but at that size, um, you know, has, has pretty, pretty good feet, uh, you know, has some vision, you know, you see the burst there, he could probably stand to play with a little lower pad level. He's a taller back, so that's something to work on. Um, but the the really impressive thing is also his his versatility, uh, where he can comfortably split out. And you know, there were a few times they really tried to get him the ball, and not just like on swing passes or screens. Like they were splitting Sam out. He was running post routes and post corners, and he he had he had linebackers and, and corners beat for St. Joe's Prep just couldn't get in the ball in his hands. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, really versatile. And you see what, you know, Sean Gleason, Aldi Hoffman like to do um, with, with, um, with uh, Aaron Young in, in, at running back. And, um, you know, they like that guy. Obviously saw Pacheco, how they got him involved with the passing game. Um, so, you know, having that versatility, you know, he really fits what Rutgers wants to do. And he's a guy that can help on all three downs, you know, as he, you know, also becomes a really good blocker. But the, all the tools are there for him. And you know, the, uh, to to have a guy like that with size who can who can play all four downs, I mean, it could be invaluable. You know, you you have, I mean, you, you want to freshen it up a little bit, not keep a guy out there every series for every game, but you know, it could really help them offensively. And uh, I know the staff is excited about him. Um, another, um, you know, I'm flipping back to to defense. I'm sorry for to go back and forth, but you know, like I said, uh, we're just kind of flip flopping by position here. But defensive end, Sean, they got a nice haul in there. Um, you know, early on. Uh, Kenny Fletcher jumped on board. Uh, Kyer Price not too long ago, and uh, DJ Allen was a, um, a June commit. You know when when they had those first official visits, when everything opened back up. Um, you know three guys there uh, that really look like you know they're different, uh, very you know in in their skill sets. But um, seems like seems like a, a nice package there. Yeah, definitely. You know it's a nice it's a nice blend, a nice group. You know Kenny. Kenny, I got a chance to see live this year, and he he's you know super quick off the edge. Like he he looks like he'd be a RN for Rutgers, um, where he has some versatility if they need to like drop in coverage, play in space a little bit. But he's definitely an edge rusher. You know, quick first step. Um, you know, has the ability to bend. You know, get after the passer, uh, and you, you really see 
his athleticism when he what he does on the offensive side of the ball for Delran. You know, they're a, a group two school down there. He was really uh, they have a really good running back down there in his class, but he was really the focal point of that offense. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they used to use him in Wildcat. I think that game I just missed it. He threw a touchdown pass. Um, you know, they would split him out at receiver. We're gonna allow like bubble screens to him, you know, plays to get him in space, get the ball in his hands. And, you know, he's a really athletic kid at that size. I mean, he'll enroll early. Um, I don't expect him to, to be an impact guy early because he's, he's got a lot of, you know, um, f- room in his frame to add some weight, you know, to get stronger for the college level. But, you know, if he can put on some weight, put on some size, but maintain that speed uh, and that quickness, you know, he, he can be really interesting because uh, obviously we see that's one thing Rutgers has lacked. Um, guys that can get after the passer, you know, pressure the quarterback, make things just easier for the entire defense. Um, you know, Quayer is a guy I, I've seen a few times. I've, I've found him through the pipeline. Um, and I'm not sure. I think I feel like he's going to end up growing to be an inside guy. You know, maybe mm-hmm. he grows to, to play on the nose for Rutgers. You know, he's about like 6'2", 255, um, you know, plays with his hair on fire is, is the best way to put it. And then, you know, having the added, you know, um, having that addition of having Darius Hamilton be his defensive line coach this year at DePaul. And it was funny just watching the pregame, like Darius still gets excited. Like he's about to go out there and play. <laughs> uh, like he, he was almost more fired up than a lot of those guys out there. Uh, but, but Quayer, you know, he's a guy that DePaul, they, you know, teams try to game plan to stop him. And he had the versatility to be, moved all over their front you know sometimes he's playing out wide as the end you know DePaul they might show you a 4-3 look they might show you a 3-4 look you know they'll move him on the nose um you know in that game um you know he started out on the edge against Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit had a lot of success around the football you know right between the tackles so they moved quiet they played him at the nose primarily just so that he could be more effective um, you know, on the running downs and they would move him outside on passing downs. And he had, I think, uh, two forced fumbles, a few sacks in that game. And, you know, he, he gets through, you know, has long arms. I don't talk it, but does have a good wingspan, gets through the line. And just like that burst, once he is able to get through the line, he closes quickly on kids in space and finishes. And I forgot the stats. He has like a ridiculous amount of tackles. I think he had like 45 tackles for loss over his three-year career at DePaul, something ridiculous like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look at that competition they, they play. Um, and in that in that Big North League, um, there's good skill guys, but what separates them versus the other leagues in New Jersey is just the talent up front um, in the trenches. You know, talk about a guy like Eric King, that Rutgers recruiting in 2023, Andre Oban going to Purdue. You know, um, you know, there's guys on the other team that see the hall prep, um, you know, whoever. Right. All that. Mm-hmm. Lead, there's guys up front. And then there's a lot of talent on the defensive line as well. And you talk to coaches around that league. It kept resonating with Rutgers like you need to go after this guy. He's been the best guy up front in this league all year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so they they felt they had to have him because they don't want to let the best guys leave Jersey. So it be interesting to see. He doesn't fit the the, the body type of a lot of the edge guys they're recruiting in this class. So I think he'll end up inside. But he's you know he he's a really tough kid. Um, you know, really great kid. I think he he fits extremely well with this class as well. Yeah, and uh, I, I agree with you on that one. That uh, you know he he is going to be an inside guy um, eventually. I mean, we're just we're just looking fast forward here. But um, also want to touch on DJ Allen. He has that long frame, that long athletic body. Also, a basketball player was getting some basketball looks this summer too, Sean. So yeah, uh, 
another guy who they're going to bring out. And I think he's going to take a minute to, to get acclimated to the strength and conditioning program. But, um, you know, you, you could develop him for a year. You don't have to rush him onto the field, but he has that long, uh, skill, you know, that long body and, and combined with his skill set, uh, you can see why his offer list went up towards uh, 20, you know, in yeah. no time at all. It seemed. Yeah, exactly. Like he said, you know, it'll be interesting once he, is fully committed to the game of football. You know, once he's not playing basketball all the time, he's able to, you know, lift weights constantly and put that size on um, where how quickly he'll blow up. Like you say, he, he has a, a huge frame. Uh, you know, it, it's really interesting with the, the Rutgers evaluations. You know, uh, Jim Panagos, he's a guy that just trusts what he sees, you know, and he has a pretty good track record versus, mm -hmm. you know, some schools they may take a peek at the recruiting rankings on a guy who they'll move on, you know, because you, you look you look at his offers. I mean, he, he got some really good ones late. You know, Michigan came in later, Michigan State, the most of the Big Ten. I don't think either of the Indiana schools offered him in the Big Ten, you know, but Rutgers was there really early on him. You know, they showed that they loved him, um, mm -hmm. and, and he reciprocated. And I could see them looking smart down the line, you know, when, you know, he really is able to get in strength and conditioning program and put some weight on. Yeah, he's from Indiana. Surprised they didn't offer. I don't know what Indiana was doing this year. It was just a dark cloud over that program this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll see. You know, that might be one of those ones. You know, everyone, everyone talks about Josh Allen uh, getting out of New Jersey, going to Kentucky, you know, uh -huh. and, and maybe Rutgers will luck out. Um, every time they play Indiana, they got to watch a montage of DJ Allen not being there for the, the Hoosiers. So. Yeah, good boy. That, I mean, that was, Rutgers could strike gold if that's the case. But, um, you know, staying out there in the Midwest, you know, the, the first commit of the class, uh, Rashad Rochelle, he's, he's still the first, right? Um, Was he the first in this class? Or, Let's see. I'm looking right now. Let me double check that. Well, yeah, of the, of the current commits, because there were a few yeah. guys that, yeah, he was uh, October of of 2020, October 10th. Yeah, because then they had the run on linemen after that. So he's the guy right. that, that got the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he, he played quarterback, had ridiculous video game numbers out there uh, for Springfield, Illinois, and uh, is going to come in and play receiver. I mean, they they, um, they need some help at receiver. Is, is he a guy that can be an answer right away? You know, I think it, it all depends on how quickly he can get acclimated to playing receiver. You know, like you mentioned, he was a star at the quarterback position uh, in Illinois. Uh, I believe uh, Springfield geographically is like like South Central um, Illinois. So it's not a highly populated area. You know, it's not near Chicago. It's, you know, probably the lesser recruited area um, in the state, but, uh, you know, highly productive in that career and, when you, when you look at the the athletic attributes, you know, he's a kid. I think he was broad jumping, you know, close to 11 feet, you know, running laser 4'4", four, 4'3", four, four, you know, um, has crazy agility numbers. So, like, everything tests off the charts for him. Um, he's a guy that I think if, if he would have, you know, if he kept his recruiting a little open and, and did the camps if they were around, you know, because of the pandemic, just I think off those testing numbers alone, a lot of schools would have moved off him because it's, Kids can't do what he 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 does. He's rare in that in that way. Uh, but I think a lot of schools are just you know there's not any QB tape. Uh, I mean, there's not any receiver tape. It's all QB tape. Uh, right. Granted, some schools have just moved on athlete types. But you know you know Rutgers, like many schools, looks at the athletic profile. He checked a lot of the boxes there. 
Um, you know, I know people were concerned. Does he want to be a quarterback in college? Is he going to flip up another school office from the quarterback? But he was, you know, completely fine with, with playing receiver. He never really mentioned any issue about wanting to be a quarterback. Um, he and he loves, you know, you talk about NIL and, and the possibilities to make a name for yourself. He loves the possibilities that Rutgers being in the New York metro area can bring him. So, it, you know, it's a matter of, you know, how quickly he can acclimate. You see in the Rutgers offense, there's a lot of just quick outs and things of that nature that it's not, you know, precise route running where, you know, maybe makes sense with his speed and athleticism just to get his ball, the ball in his hands quickly and let him go while he further develops as a receiver. But athletically, there's not a lot of guys on the roster that have his natural traits. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, something something they could uh, they could really use. I mean, Blue Melton's, uh, you know, on his way out they, they need help at receiver. So if there's ever an open position where a guy can come in and make an impact, it's there. And, uh, you know, Sean, uh, then the next one, I'm going to you know, going to run down some different positions. But, you know, they had a late run on guys. So, um, you know, uh, we're going to kind of go through them, you know, starting with uh, Zylon Williams. And then it continued with uh, Mike Higgins and Tommy and Amanqua. And then concluded with Dante Chin. Uh, it was last, or it was two weeks ago now. Um, you know, four late late commits there, but Rutgers, uh, you know, kind of like he did their evaluations and uh, you, you know came up with these guys. But I, I will start with Zylon Williams. He's he's a you know one that um, they were on for a long time. He he didn't just pop up on the radar. They offered him in January. Uh, kind of stayed on him the throughout the the year. I mean, he, he transferred from West Virginia and and didn't have a junior year, so not a lot of tape on him. Uh, saw him at at the Under Armour camp and and was and I was impressed by him. You know, he moved really well, quick, fluid. You know, changed the hips really well. Or turned his hips really well. I'm sorry. Um, you know, what's your take on what they're getting here? I mean, he he's their prototype. Um, you know, every school is trying to get these big, long defensive backs, long corners that, you know, have the size to body up these bigger receivers, um, you know, have the length uh, to buy these bigger receivers, have the size to irritate these small receivers but still move as well as a small cornerback, right? That's the issue with these bigger guys. They may not be as fluid. Um, and, you know, he's a guy that they got on relatively early. He was, you know, pretty much unknown. It's, it's odd saying a kid that went to the math is unknown, but because of the pandemic, he went a little under the radar. You know, Rutgers evaluated him early. They, they, they let him know they loved him early. You know, even when they finally got him on campus in the summer, you know, they were getting some guys up that they had to, you know, work out, get a better feel for. But they said, you know, hey, just come visit. We we know what you are. We love you. You don't have to prove anything else to us. Um, and this was a recruitment where they identified him early. You know, some some other schools came around once uh, DeMath had a few spring games. UVA was probably the biggest competitor. It was a little touch and go for a bit. But, you know, he, he loved the loyalty that Rutgers showed to him and how much they prioritized him. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to, to see, you know, how it ends up for him. But he's a, a really fast kid. I think he's run 10, 8 uh, electric in the 100 at his size, you know. So he's mm-hmm. got an elite, you know, size speed combination that you you don't find from a lot of guys. Yeah. And, and you can always use that speed in there. And um, it brings us to the next uh, late commit. I, I might be going out of order here, but Tommy Amanqua, you know, had a huge year up there for uh, for uh, Hillsborough. Hillsborough, I always confuse Hillsborough and Hillside up there. <laughs> so yeah, Hillside's closer to me than Hillsborough, but yeah. So I had to think about that for a second. Hillside was uh, Brian Ugwu. Yes. Uh, yep. 
Yeah. So um, anyway, um, you know, a, a kid who who really come into his own this year and, and just had, you know, not to use the, the, the phrase to too much, but he had video game numbers out there. And, it, you know, it looked like a video game sometimes. I mean, this is a potential four star kid. I mean, uh, how did he slip through the cracks with these other schools, Sean? You know, it's crazy because his recruitment was, you know, it got off pretty well. He had some like a decent amount of offers. Um, you know, he was in double digits for offers. And, you know, he had some power fives. I think Pittsburgh came in, you know, during the spring. Uh, Syracuse came in, um, you know, so and he had a lot of group of five offers. So the buzz was there. Uh, but I, I think he may have had some, some slow uh, times that were documented that probably scared some schools off. And especially in this this COVID era, you know, you, you couldn't see kids until, until June, you know, so – a lot of schools are only go, going off of what they can find online, you know, and if a kid ran a 11-6 in the 100 meters, and that's all they knew. They haven't been able to see the kid in person. Like, oh, well, this is all we have. He's a good player, but that that time is too slow for us. So a lot of schools never really went any further. You know, Rutgers, you know, Hillsboro is, is very close to the Rutgers campus. So, it, it, you know, they obviously know the program well. They've recruited it for years. Um, you know, Ross Douglas, before he left uh, for Richmond, was his main contact. They kept tabs on him. You know, they were able to get him to campus and, and, and work him out a couple times this summer and and test him. And they were really impressed with how well he ran. You know, and it's it's the thing now recruiting. Right. Um, you know, junior year is your most important year. If, if you don't produce within that junior year up to par, it's very easy to fall in the cracks. And then people forget about those those late rising seniors. But because of how recruiting was in the pandemic, it made sense maybe to hold some offers behind for kids that you were unsure about and you wanted to see in person. Uh, so this is a case of that. Rutgers got him on campus. They they saw him run. They saw him, you know, work out. They saw some of that early senior film, and he he was lights out. And, you know, it's like Brian Doan, you know, our national analyst in the area, mentioned, you know, you know when you're playing that competition as a P5 guy, you're supposed to be clearly the best guy on the field as a skill guy. And every game he was clearly the best guy on the field on both sides of the football, you know, um, and it, it got to the point where Rutgers like, you know what? We, we tested him. He, he checks the boxes there. He checks the character box. We got to have this guy. And, and, you know, they moved on and once they, they saw some of that early uh, senior film, you know, and he's a guy that made them look really good in his final game uh, playing at SHI stadium, uh, having multiple touchdowns in that regional final game. Yeah, and uh, you know, it looks like he's uh, he could be one of those diamonds in the rough. You know, in this day and age, it, it doesn't they're 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 fewer than they were when when we started doing this. But um, you know, that brings us to another one, Mike Higgins. You know, um, a guy who really didn't play a lot of football. You know, went to Blair Academy. Said, I want to give this a try after being a lifelong basketball guy. And and Rutgers kind of you know liked what they saw out of him this fall. And 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 lo and behold, he's a Scarlet Knight. What's uh What's what's uh, in store for his future at Rutgers? Yeah, you know, you know, it's funny. Um, you know, both myself and Brian, um, Brian Doan went down to see Hun play Blair uh, this year. I think that was the day of the Ohio State game. Um, and, you know, we obviously wanted to see Jacob Allen for Hun. Um, you know, Blair has a uh, Musa Kane as another Rutgers target. And there were, you know, other guys Rutgers had offered on the Hun team. Uh, and I actually forgot about Higgins. I, I remember reading about him at Bosco. You know, he came out for football that first time that pandemic year where Michigan uh, gave him a preferred walk on offer. He was he was he was considering. But he said, you know what, I can be a scholarship guy if I if I just invest more. 
you know, followed the um, the blueprint of Victor Kanaka. You know, same thing, uh, but Victor went only to play football at Blair. Um, so Mike, having that little bit of experience, also being a boss guy, said, you know what? Uh, Victor laid the blueprint out. I'm going to try that. And so we, we watched this game and this, you know, this, this edge guy, you know, he's, he's given Jacob Allen a little bit of problems on defense. And then, you know, on offense, they, they mainly have him split out. You know, he, he showed great body control. He, he's making plays vertically down the field. Mm-hmm. Check the roster. Oh, this is the Mike Higgins kid. Like he's, he's pretty good, you know? So it was always like in the back of my head. Uh, mm-hmm. And then lo and behold, you know, he goes to Rutgers maybe a week or two later. Um, you know, they offer him on the spot. He's a Rutgers legacy. His, his dad had a great baseball career there, you know, and with Rutgers having a need, you know, they, they didn't offer a lot of tight ends in this class. They missed on the the top guy they were going after, uh, Brody Foley from Ohio. But, you know, Mike Mike Higgins, um, you know, he, he made him – it almost made it difficult for them to let him get out the state. Uh, the same thing with, with Price. You know, they're evaluating these kids constantly. If there's someone in the state that they feel can help them, you know, and there's the room, they're going to bring them in. Uh, so, you know, Higgins is great size. He has some some physicality, some willingness where he can grow into being an inline guy, uh, mm-hmm. but does have that ability to to flex out uh, and, and be a guy who can, you know, play in space, make plays against small defensive backs. Excellent. And, uh, you know, Sean, uh, we're down to the last one now. Dante Chin, uh, offensive lineman. Um, I know we touched on um, – the offensive line a little bit, but, um, you know, he's part of that last wave of guys. So I felt, you know, necessary to include him. Uh, he kind of came out of nowhere after that Merlin game, you know, on, on that Monday, um, when he committed, uh, it was a guy they were watching and, uh, maybe the offensive line play prompted them to really, you know, uh, push the needle on him. Yeah. You know, he, he's another guy. I think he was like a basketball guy. This is his first year playing football. You know, mm-hmm. Rutgers is, is trusting their ability to develop. Uh, but you you watch that that film, it's it's promising. Uh, you know, he, he moves quite well at his size. You know, you see that natural aggression is already there, you know, because mm-hmm. some some guys you either got or you don't. Um, and he he has that that willingness to want to dominate someone uh, and put them in the dirt. Right. And as he projects as an interior guy, that's what you want. Um, not saying that the tackles have it easier, you know, but the, the real dirty work is done in the interior, right? Um, mm-hmm. You're, you're trying to move guys that are just as big as you at, you know, 300, 200, 280 pounds or so um, move men against their will. So he has that mindset where he wants to dominate guys. Um, mm-hmm. So and that athleticism, that profile that Rucker saw, it's like, you know what? It's, it's worth taking the risk on this guy athletically he checks a lot of boxes you know they're trusting uh andy Ulrich to to be able to develop him uh and coach him up since he'll be you know he has limited experience but a lot of schools like that they they like you know what there's not bad habits to break he he he's willing he wants to learn we can mold him in our likeness and how we want our offensive lineman to play versus him having these bad habits because he's been playing 10 years of football so um you know, it's 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 really interesting. That's that's another interesting one. If you you see a lineman get out of Florida, because Florida's known for skill guys, they got a ton of those. It's mm-hmm. not the state you go for guys in the trenches. So mm-hmm. that could be a, a great story for Rutgers if 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 Chin pans out for them to be able to go back into Florida and say, hey, you know, you can develop here, uh, and then also to to grab someone who can produce. You know, because people, you know, everyone on the board is like, well, 
you know, how was he missed? You know, it, Florida has all these schools. How are you missed? Well, you play for a program that does not produce players constantly. Uh, they play in a, in a big classification in South Florida, but they're not playing a lot of the better programs down there when you, when you actually look at the schedule. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it's – and Florida's a big state, right? It's mm-hmm. – I think it's easy for these schools to, you know, go to the places they know are successful, go to the schools they know produce players. You know, so Rutgers – there is some risk here in taking Chin, uh, but they they like the film. They like what he can be. Um, they like the athletic profile, and they're gonna they're gonna try to coach him up and see what happens. Yeah, and uh, you know, it, it, I don't know, you know, the offensive line number kept changing, and and uh, it, it really, really, uh, you know, kind of ballooned there at the end. It surprised us. We were expecting five, maybe six, and all in all, eight to seven. So, um, you know, a, a nice. Nice crop of guys in there. They have numbers now coming in, so uh, that that was an area that needed to be addressed. But uh, Sean, any closing thoughts? Uh, you know, he touched on a lot of stuff and and ran through uh, these players and gave us great insight. Any uh, closing thoughts on this another signing day? You know, it'll be obviously you know we talk about the college guys, right? But it'll be interesting to see what they do in the portal uh, for transfer guys because it, it looks like at this point. They're done with high school players uh, for the year, you know. So right. we obviously we obviously have seen um, an offer go out to to Kobe Reader at uh, as like an inside linebacker. They've offered multiple offensive linemen, and you got to figure they're going to offer some wide receivers at some point. And they're they're looking at the tight end uh, from Lafayette as a possible maybe sponsor guy, maybe walk on guy. We'll see how it shakes out, right? But you, you figure that they have to look at a few wide receivers as well uh, in the portal. So. It'll be interesting to see how how they approach this, and even you know with the the second signing day, right? Most of the class is, is done, but if there's a guy that slips through the cracks that they loved that does not to sign in December, do they bring in another high school guy for the second signing day? Um, so right. it'll be and obviously we haven't even touched on Desmond Igbenosin. Um, you know he's the the lone high school guy that is they're really recruiting hard going into the signing day. Um, you know, Davidson. He, super, sorry, sorry, Desmond. Sorry, Davidson. I know Davidson's gonna be like, what you said the wrong name, man. Well, sorry, uh, but yeah, Davidson. Um, yeah, you know, he he's the lone guy, a top of the board guy. Uh, you, you saw the back and forth on Twitter with Lane Kiffin and Davidson in the Porsche, and then Fran Brown and Kenny Fletcher in the Porsche with the same exact hashtag. So they they're they're watching what he's doing. You know, they they want him badly. Uh, Shiano flew the copper to Union again uh, to do the in-home with uh, Davidson and the family. Um, you know, they're, they're fighting Ole Miss. You know, Kentucky got in relatively late, but they they got an official visit out of them. Um, you know, it, it's a tough battle. Um, it's really too close to call here. It's a matter of does he want to stay home, play with his brother, you know, stay close to family versus, you know, chasing that SEC West dream and, and follow those guys that he knows um, at Ole Miss, you know, so it, it's, it's a tough battle right now. There's some, some crystal balls that have been made uh, for Ole Miss and I can see why they've got a lot of momentum uh, over the past couple of months, you know, so it'll be interesting to see what he does when he signs on Wednesday. All right. Well, Sean, there you have it. Uh, thank you again for the insight and, um, you know, you can visit uh, Sean, talk with him on our message board, the roundtable. Uh, stay logged on to scarletnation.com. We're here all day, every day, 24-7 sports. Uh, for Sean Brown, Bobby Darren, I'll see you next time. Happy signing day. <laughs>